Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Queens. Surely this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Listen, you are now entered into the Queen Council Faith Friday Empowerment and Prayer Call. Listen, I don't care what you have been going through from Sunday all the way up until Friday. At this point, none of that matters because you are now rocking with the best. So forget about the rest. Forget about the rest of your problems, the rest of your troubles, the rest of your worries. You are now here to get a Faith Friday feel up. Yesterday was heavy, girl. Last week was heavy. You have permission to put it down. What do we always say? Oh, come lay down the burdens you have carried. Because in this prayer call, <laughs> God is here. So we want to welcome you to the sacred safe space of sisterhood where the presence of God is here to give you whatever you need. Listen, I'm going to literally try to dive right into what um, Holy Spirit has given me for this morning without wasting any time. And I'm going to see how I can deliver it as effectively yet quickly as possible and get out of your way, um, and get out of your way. So I want to first give the example of have you ever been working on something and you you were working on something that mattered to you, first of all. It mattered, right, something that you needed to get done, had to get done, desired to get done, and have you found yourself working on it, and for whatever reason it just – it just kind of frustrated you. Like you just got agitated. You just kind of put it down or you kind of just left it alone. You was like, all right, I'm just going to lay this down and come back to it. But you never ended up finishing it, right? You never ended up coming back to it. You never ended up doing it again. Whatever that thing is, it could have been school. Maybe you were working on a degree or working on something for your education, and you just got frustrated, and you was like, all right, just forget it, and you walked away from it. Maybe it was a project that you had. Maybe it was a goal. Um, maybe it was just something simple or minute around your house you were trying to work on. If you ever tried um, threading a needle, baby, I had to do one recently for my mom. I'm like, girl. I know you aren't. We not. <laughs> and I began to get frustrated. And when you get frustrated, it's hard to think when you're frustrated, right? Like I don't, I'm the type of person, I'm kind of on my own time schedule because I don't like feeling rushed. And I don't like being rushed. Like one thing I do not like is being rushed. I don't like feeling like I'm pressed for time or I'm rushing or I, like anxiety starts to like fill me and it just, it'd be too much. I'm like, yeah, I'm not finna, yeah, you're not finna rush me, <laughs> you know, because it will make me frustrated. And when I become frustrated, I won't end up accomplishing what it is that I'm supposed to do, at least not effectively, not correctly, or not with the right spirit. So being frustrated can cause us to do a number of things, but one of them, frustration can cause incompletion, right? Frustration can cause incompletion. Completion. Somebody jot that down. Frustration. I'm going to jot it down myself. Uh, frustration can cause incompletion. 
I'm trying to type and talk at the same time, and that ain't that ain't really a thing for me. So when you hear me get silence, because I'm probably trying to write something I thought about. Yes, frustration caused the incompletion. Where else do we see this at? Well, girl, I'm glad you asked, because of course you know I got a reason for saying it, else I wouldn't see it. So let's bring this up. We see this in the book of Ezra, the book of Ezra chapter 4. Now, 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 let me preface it. I'm not going to read the whole chapter because y'all know I would love to. I would love to read the whole chapter and exegete each line of the text. I would love to. Don't tempt me with a good time. But we're not going to do that this morning, okay? Um, so I literally have to, I'm, I'm literally at a hotel right now for a retreat that I'm hosting. Not the host of it, but I'm hosting as the MC as well as speaking this weekend until Sunday. And it literally starts um, morning prayer and devotion in a little bit. So I can't um, be on all morning per usual. Oh, I know y'all said it's okay, sis. I'll give y'all an hour and a half another day. <laughs> so in the book of Ezra, to give us context to the text of what we're about to read, um, basically during this time, uh, God's people have been taken into captivity for X amount of years, and they have now returned. And what's crazy is I read this same chapter three years ago on a Facebook Live. So mind you, I had this prepared before, you know, this morning. And so when I looked at my Facebook memories, it showed me how I did a call and did a message called Return of the Exiles. And it was based on Ezra chapter 4 as well, which is was God's way of letting me know I'm in alignment to what he's wanting me to do in this season, what he's wanting me to talk about. So in Ezra, Basically, you've got the return of the exiles. Literally, God's people have been in captivity for a, a number of years, and finally they have been released, right? And so before the King Darius came to power, um, he basically it was approved for them to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, right? So the most notable thing about Ezra is the completion of the temple of Jerusalem, which was destroyed. Mind you, when they went into captivity, they destroyed the temple of God. Now, mind you, their temples were a lot more sacred than our temples are today. Like, that was a big deal to have your, your, your temple, you know, destroyed. So rebuilding it was a huge project. It was a huge endeavor. It was a huge effort, right? And so Ezra gives us an account of that when the first group of Jews return to Jerusalem, right? And they start trying to rebuild the temple. And it talks about all of the opposition that they came up against trying to rebuild the temple. Have you ever been trying to rebuild the temple? And I'm not talking about your sacred physical edifice, right, that we go to every Sunday. I'm talking about have you ever been trying to rebuild your temple? Have you ever been trying to rebuild your life, trying to rebuild things that have taken place in your life, trying to build again? Have you ever found yourself trying to build again and rebuild, and it seems like it was not working out? It seems like everything that could happen and could go wrong started to go wrong in your life while you're trying to do a good work. Mind you, when you're doing stuff that don't matter or don't amount to a hill of beans, it seems a little easier, right? It seems like ain't no opposition. It's cool. It's easy to do. But as soon as you start trying to do right, you ever know as soon as you try to start doing the right thing, that's when all the temptation really be coming. Like that's when people really start getting on your nerves. That's when you really want to cuss people out. That's when you really want to say, Lord, what is really going on? Like have you ever been trying to rebuild your temple, your life? And it seemed like everybody you say you cutting off and letting go of and healing from, 
you forgiving them and you releasing them, all of a sudden they want to come back now. And they want to make it a re-entry. And you're like, you will wait till I told God I was done with you. And now you want to come back and test my gangster and call me on my bluff, right? So we have the people trying to rebuild the temple and now facing opposition. And I want to read it from, typically I read the NIV, um, but I want to read this from actually, we're going to go ahead and knock this King James, um, Ezra chapter 4. It says, when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building, when the enemies heard that the exiles were building, I told you I wasn't going to stop and exegete each, each, each line, but listen, that's a message when the enemies heard that the exiles were building. All they did was heard about it. A temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the families and said, let us help you build because like you, like you said, because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Esheradon, king of Assyria. First of all, they lying. They lying. First of all, you an enemy. So what do you got to talk about? But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, you have no parts with us building a temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, king of Persia, commanded us. Verse 4 says, then the people around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. Okay, I want to read a different version of that. That's Ezra 4. The key verse here is Ezra 4 and 5. Ezra 4 and 5. Verse 5 being the key verse. And we're going to bring continuity. We're going to wrap it up. Ezra 4 and 5, the translation says, And they hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of, of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of King Darius, they hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. Verse 4 of that of King James says, then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. Listen, please, we are in a time now more than ever that the enemy desires to frustrate your purpose. The enemy desires to frustrate your purpose. It says, verse 4, that they weakened the hands of the people. They, they made up in their mind to do something for the Lord to rebuild what was once lost, to rebuild a sacred space that was torn down. And when the enemy heard about it, baby, all they did was heard that you was going back to school. They just heard you were starting a business. They just heard your family was coming back together. They didn't even see it. They only heard it. And they began to come and weaken their hands and frustrate their purpose. Why would the enemy work so hard to stop something that hasn't even happening just by hearing about it? Because he knows that there is a serious threat that if you ever rebuild 
or if you ever build and if you ever accomplish what God put you on this earth to do in your purpose, he knows that he only has but a little time. He knows that you will be the one to destroy every generational cycle, curse, and break every obstacle that's been in your bloodline from four generations back. So why, when they just heard about it, they began to weaken their hands? Because all they needed to do was hear it. Because them knowing who you are, that you have been called by God to accomplish a certain assignment, all they need to know is hearing that you made the decision to do it again. They only need to know that you made the decision to get your life back together, that you made the decision to be that prayer warrior that God called you to be, that you made the decision to be the head of your home and start decreeing and declaring things that have to come into alignment. All you had to do was make the decision that I'm going to start eating right again. I'm starting to start take care of my body. I'm going to start that business. I'm going to start that ministry. I'm going to start that that side project just, just for fun. But the enemy knows, no, 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 no. If we allow her to even start, it's going to be chaos. So it says that the enemy frustrated their purpose. Now, what do you mean frustrated their purpose? So if you look up the definition of frustrate, it means feeling or expressing distress and annoyance, especially because of inability to change or achieve something. Frustrated. Prevents it from progressing, succeeding, or being fulfilled. The enemy doesn't want you to fulfill the promises of God, to fulfill the word of God on your life. So showing or characterized by frustration such as Tell me, does this sound familiar for you? Feeling discouragement, anger, and annoyance because of unresolved problems or unfulfilled goals, desires, or needs. Hmm, that's heavy. I'm going to read it again. Feeling discouragement, anger, and annoyance because of unresolved problems or unfulfilled goals, desires, or needs. How many areas in your life have you gotten discouraged and frustrated, right, because you've now began to feel the feelings of anger or annoyance because you have unresolved problems in your life that God has not moved yet? You have unresolved things, and you cannot find the answers to them. You have unfulfilled goals, desires, and even needs that have not happened yet. Definition B says having an ambition that has not been realized. What does that mean? That means there is a voice on the inside of you waiting to be unleashed and you have not realized it yet. You hitting today. Come on, Queen Erica. I know I'm in the I know I'm in the vein. It's the Holy Spirit. Listen, having an ambition that has not been realized, you're frustrated. Have you ever had to use okay, we're gonna make a play. Have you ever had to use the bathroom so bad and you couldn't keep still? Like you just, if you just like, oh my goodness, if I don't mess this out, I'm a burst. That's what your ambition is like. And we're talking about ambition here. We're not talking about our vain or selfish ambition. We're talking about ambition from God. I Meaning we're talking about the thing that he purposed in your heart to do and put you on this earth to accomplish. And so you're sitting there trying to be still like ain't nothing wrong. What happens when you sit there too long and you got to use the bathroom? That's not good for your body for one. It's not good for your health for two. And it's not good for what God created you to do. He created us to expel Whatever's on the inside, whatever comes in has to come out. That's how he created us. So when God put that purpose on the inside of you, he put it inside of you for it to be released out of you. So when you sit on it and you sit there because you're fresh, you become frustrated because it has not come into full maturity. You have not come into the realization of the ambition and the purpose that God has on your life. So when we see in Ezra 4 where it says that the enemies work together to 
frustrate their purpose. That is a representation of us. When your purpose gets frustrated, that you know you're called to do something, be more, do more, and it seems like no matter what you do, the harder you try, it's like the worst things happen. Things don't come together. People fall apart. Things fall through. You get hit left and right, and it seems like what you thought you were supposed to do, maybe you missed God. You will begin to think that maybe I missed God. Maybe what I felt really wasn't from God. Maybe what I'm thinking really wasn't for me. And so you began to get frustrated. So I've come here today on this Faith Friday on October the 28th, the year of our Lord, 2022, to remind you that your hands will be strengthened for the work that God has called you to do. You will pursue that purpose. You will recover all. You will tap into everything that God has called you to be and do. And the enemy will not prevail. He came to frustrate their purpose. Meaning he didn't even have to, he didn't have to stop them. You notice the enemy came, they didn't stop. They didn't say stop. They came and said, oh, let us help you. Why would they want to help them? Because they knew that their motives and intentions weren't right. And if we can confuse them, if we can start sowing seeds of discord on the inside of them, if we can start getting around them and murmuring and complaining and making them doubt God and, and throw negativity here and there, have them looking at their, the leaders that's trying to build crazy, then they will destroy themselves. They will never accomplish it themselves. All I have to do is, the enemy, knew, all, I got, all we have to do is sow the seed. All we got to do is get amongst them. All we got to do is assimilate like we're one of them and then sow the, the, the tares with the wheat. Sow the tares with the wheat and watch them grow together. That was the purpose of the enemy. So they didn't come and try to pull down what they was building, pull down all this. They said, no, 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 no. Let's befriend them. No, 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 no. Let's get close to them. Let's convince them that we're on their side. Here's a lesson in that they got. God revealed to me. I had to write it down because it was early this morning. It said, beware of attacks in the form of alliance. Beware of attacks in the form of alliance. The Bible is a blueprint to what we experience in our everyday life. So when the enemy first came, he didn't come in like an enemy. <laughs> the enemy did not come in like an enemy to frustrate their purpose. It says they came to them and said, let us help you. Mm, Y'all not hearing me. The enemy will try to bring things into your life. And when I say things, he can bring things. He can bring people, places, things, or ideas. He will try to bring things into your life to convince you that he's helping you. To convince you, no, this, this will help me. When all along, it's an evil alliance. It's an attack in the form of an alliance. So why? What, what does that mean? That means you have to have discernment because you can be on fire for God doing all you know to do, trying to do it right, trying to build, trying to rebuild your temple, rebuild your life. And then if we're not careful, the enemy can come in because he knows our weaknesses. He knows those doors. He even knows the unhealed parts of us. So sometimes he will come in through the unhealed parts of us. Mmm, trauma bonds. Have you ever heard of them? Have you ever started assimilating with someone because you had a shared trauma? And so you're thinking that, oh, I found a friend who gets it. They understand. But not knowing that you're on the journey to healing and recovery, and they're still in the journey of bitterness. So while you were healing and you were learning to forgive and move on and accept and, and give it to God, they now have been on the same journey, but they don't have the same mindset. 
And because now you're beginning to form what you think is an alliance, not knowing that it's a demonic attack. And then they pull you back to where you came from. They pull you back to a place that you had no business being in, but they came in the form of an alliance. Come on now. Listen, New Age practices, it comes in the form of spirituality. Hey, queen, it comes in the form of, you know, higher power, universe. They'll even say God, but it ain't the true and living God. You got to be careful nowadays because there are many gods that people serve. Back in the day, if you said God, people knew you was talking about the one and only God. They were like, no, nah, we don't talk about God around here. But now you can say God, and people don't even care. Why? Because they believe in many gods. They've made the universe their God. So you say God, they'll still use universe. But if you say God, they, talk, they, they think in universe. But they will try to come into alliance with you, and it's an attack. The enemy will send thoughts to your mind in the form of an alliance, but it's an attack. And so we see that. So you have to ask yourself, what potential alliances in my life are really sent as attacks? What trauma bonds have I formed with people? What, what relationship did I get in thinking that this was a soulmate and it ended up being a soul tie because we tied over shared trauma, over shared experiences? And so now I'm thinking that that is an, an ally when really they're an ally, but an ally for the enemy sent to frustrate my purpose so I don't accomplish what God called me to do. I don't accomplish who he called me to be. And if I do think I'm on the right track, not knowing that the whole time I've now allowed a seed on the inside of me to grow, that it's not like God. So when I'm operating, I think I'm operating in the Holy Spirit when really I've got another evil intent and motive operating behind me. You ever had people that try to get you to operate out of revenge or try to get you to operate out of proving a point to people? That is not God. That is not God. You have to now discern. And you can be gifted, anointed, and skilled and still operate outside of God. That's now divination. That's now witchcraft. That's now control. So you have to try the spirit, whether they be of God, because everybody that operates is not of God. I don't care how many scriptures they quote. I don't care how much they know. You have to try the spirit. You have to try. And I'm no, nobody's perfect. So I, I, and I do believe in, in looking at the fruit people's life produce, but I'm talking about the fruit they produce in general, their character, who they are. Does it represent Christ? Does it... Are these the things that God would do? Are these the things that he would say about people? Are these the things, is this how he would treat others? There's some, that's what I was talking about, I was saying before, I was like, especially when it comes to like women, myself as a woman and, and, and other men, like I don't care how you treat me in my face or in my presence, how you treat me is your charisma. But how you treat other people is now your character. How you handle or mishandle other people that you feel you don't need or even people that you don't care about or you don't like, it reveals to me your character. It reveals to me who you really are. Because in my face, you can come to me with anything. You can come to me, um, queen. You can come to me um, as someone that's trying to talk to me. I don't care how you come to me. You can use your charisma when you do that. But it takes real discernment. And sometimes, it don't even take discernment. It, sometimes you just need common sense and you just need to step outside of the situation, sit back and just look. And now ask yourself, is this now their character showing? Because the enemy will come to frustrate your purpose any way he knows how. He'll come in the form of jobs, of opportunities, of friendships, of relationships, of ideas that are good ideas but not God ideas. And it will come to get you distracted. And now you frustrated. You don't know what to do because you're trying to do many things that God never called you to do in this season. He calls you to do one thing.
And because the enemy keeps bringing good ideas to you or good things, and it don't make them bad things, they're not wrong, but they're not assigned to you in this season. And now you're frustrated because you don't know what to do. I'm talking about frustrated purpose. I'm talking about today we're getting free of the enemies that are warring against our soul, the enemies that are warring against the purpose of God and the calling of God on our life. Because the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when you're hoping for something, it becomes deferred, and you get frustrated, your heart gets sick, right? You feel depressed, right? You feel oppressed. You just feel like, like life isn't worth living, or you feel like you're behind, or you missed the mark, or you should be further along than where you are right now. That's signs of frustrated purpose. That's signs of frustrated purpose. Because remember, it said it's characterized by feeling of discouragement, anger, annoyance because of unresolved problems or unfulfilled goal, desires, or needs. We become so focused on those unresolved problems in our life, right? We get so fixated on the goals that we didn't accomplish, the desires that never manifested, the needs that we feel were never met. But then we sing, Jaira, you are enough. Either he's enough or he's not. Come on. Either he's enough or he is not. You got to pick a side. You got to choose one. Just because you don't seem like, it don't seem like he's being enough when you want him to be enough, either you're going to believe he's enough or you're not. There is no in-between. There is no bandwagon Christianity. Either you own this side or you're not. Either you believe him no matter what or not, even when it doesn't seem like it. Frustrated purpose. What has come to frustrate your purpose? What has come when the definition was prevent from progressing, succeeding, or being fulfilled? What has come that has tried to prevent you from progressing, prevent you from growing, prevent you from walking where you know God called you to walk? What was it? Who was it? When was it? We got to sit with ourselves and ask these questions because we can jump, shout, scream, have it, grab it, receive it, name it, claim it. But when we come down, if we have not dealt with what's warring against the enemy of our soul, what's frustrating our purpose, we're going to stay frustrated. We're going to keep going in cycles. We're going to keep thinking that something's wrong. Either he is or he's not. Listen, but we'll say either you is or you ain't my baby. We be quick to somebody else that. But what about guys like, okay, either you mine or you not. Either you trust me or you don't. Either you ride or you're not. We ride or die for people that even worth riding or dying. We ride for dying people who we just keep dying with. Keep dying. Turn around dying. We ain't, we ain't roll yet. We just keep dying. They keep leaving us out there hanging. They keep sending us through hell and hot water. When are we going to ride? Like, I'm, I'm tired of dying. But here when it comes to God, you ain't ride or die for him. It, it ain't, that's my Lord and I'm going to stick beside him. That's my, that's my father and I'm going to stick beside him. That's my gyra, and I'm going to stick beside him. You sick. The sickness ain't got better. That's my Rafa, and I'm going to stick beside him. Man of war, that's my Jehovah Gabor, and I'm going to stick beside him. We ain't stuck beside him yet. We jump ship every time it ain't going right. We get frustrated and depressed every time we don't see what he promised us. But, yeah, we riding and dying for everybody else. Ride or die. Ride or die. But we ain't died to Christ yet. We ain't died for ourselves yet. We ain't died to what we want when we want it yet. Jesus, help. Listen, myself included. I always tell you the word got to come to me before it come through me. All right, I said I'm going to be on here long. We finna, I'm going to pray by 630. We're going to get over here. What 
has come into your life, if you're honest, what frustrated your purpose? Was it a disappointment? And it's real. It happens. Did, did something not work out the way you, you, you hoped for? Like you got your hopes wrapped up inside of this thing and you were disappointed. You, got, you felt like you got let down. And that kind of frustrated your purpose. You felt like they kind of stopped you from progressing. You felt like it, 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 it gave you a, a, a dream, a need, or a desire that never got fulfilled. Be honest. I'll tell somebody, God is God enough to, God is God enough to take what we have to say respectfully. He's God enough. He, he, he ain't like he, oh, I can't believe you said that to me. <laughs> How when he says he establishes our thoughts afar off? How when he said, before you ever called, I've already answered you? How? So what makes you think he can't handle how you feel? What makes you think you can't come to him? If he said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, don't you think he know what it seems like when you're heavy laden? Don't you think he know what that come with? Don't you think he know what you got to say and how you feel when you're heavy laden, but he still said come? Either you coming or you're not. <laughs> you know, so is you coming or not? Is you coming or not? What has frustrated your purpose? We want to lay that down. We want to release that because it's too heavy. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you're carrying something, yes, there's a burden that comes with your purpose, meaning the feeling that you get that's urging you to, to do this and keep going, but there's a weight that we're carrying that God never called us to carry. It's a weight that we're carrying on us that God never told us to take on us. It's the weight of opinions. It's the weight of perfectionism. It's the weight of the fear of failure, the fear of success. It's a weight that we're carrying that he never told us to carry. So this morning we're laying it down. This morning we're taking off that weight. Oh, come lay down the burdens you have carried. For in this sanctuary, God is here. There is a sweet anointing in this sanctuary. In this time, take this time with God as we sing this song and focus on him and ask God to reveal to you what has frustrated your purpose and now give it to him. There is a stillness in the atmosphere. Oh, come lay down the burdens you have carried, for in this sanctuary, God is here. He is here. God is here to break the yoke. And lift your heavy burden. Oh, come lay down the burden you have carried. Cause in this sanctuary, God is here. Holy Spirit, God, we thank you for this sacred, safe space with you, God. God, we thank you, God, that you said to come unto you, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, 
and you will give us rest. In you we find rest, God. God, today we're tired of struggling and toiling and wrestling with these same things over and over, God. God, we're tired of the things that have come to frustrate our purpose, God. We're tired of the enemies that have come to war against our soul, God. God, we're tired of evil alliances, God, uh, that are really attacks, God, in the form of alliances, God. God, we're tired, God, of going through the motions and going through the same cycles day in and day out, God. God, we're tired of the trauma bonds, God, and alliances, God. God, we're tired, God, that in almost every version of this word, God, Every version of the word of God, the word frustrated is used. Out of every word that changes in the different translations, for the majority of all the translations, the same word frustrate and frustrated have been used, God. So clearly there is something, God, that is unchangeable about the word frustrated. And even in the Hebrew, it says that frustrate, uh, the word frustrate in the Hebrew means to, to bring to nothing, in Hebrew, the definition means to bring to nothing, to prevent from attaining a purpose, to disappoint, to defeat, to baffle, vain, ineffectual, useless, unprofitable, null, void, of no effect. So we know that the enemy desires to do these things to us. He desires to bring to nothing every word that was spoken over our life. So, God, right now, God, we come into agreement as you in unity, God, as queens of God. We come into agreement that we will tear down the walls of the enemy. We will tear down every evil covenant and curse that we have come into agreement with to believe that you are not going to fulfill the promise on our life, that you are not going to fulfill the purpose that you have called us to do, God, that you are not going to fulfill every word you promise us concerning our family, concerning our finances, God, concerning our future, God. God, right now we lay down the burdens, God. We lay down every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us, that would frustrate our purpose, that would try to bring it uh, null and void, God. We know what you've called us to do, God. And if we don't know the details of it, we know that you've called us, God, to make an impact in this world. We know that you've called us, God, to break strongholds, God. To, 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 to bind up the brokenhearted, God. You've called us, God, to be generational curse breakers of our family, God. And somewhere along the line, God, the enemy has come into our life and tried to frustrate us and tried to stop us from accomplishing just that. So, God, right now, we come against it in the name of Jesus. God, right now, we decree and declare, God, that we will walk in purpose, God. We will walk in destiny, God. We will unlock our calling, God. We will unlock our voice, God. We will speak loud, God. We will spare not, God. We will be who you called us to be, God. We will walk how you've called us to walk, God. We will talk how you've called us to talk, God. And right now, we come against every foul and unclean spirit of the enemy that has come to frustrate our purpose. We come against the spirit of hopelessness. We come against the spirit of defeat. We come against the spirit of antagonization that will come to antagonize us, that will torment us day in and day out, that will whisper into our ears things that do not align with what the Word of God said over our life, God. We cancel that assignment in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of suicide thoughts that have been released. I come against that spirit in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of insanity. I come against the spirit of depression. I come against the spirit of oppression in the name of Jesus. I take full authority over you, Satan. You have no jurisdiction here, God. God, these are queens of the Most High. These are daughters of Zion. These are the called, the chosen, and the elect of God. So we come 
against every spirit that is not like God that would try to come into their life. We renounce every hidden sin and every iniquity and everything that is not like you. We renounce it in the name of Jesus. We come out of alignment of every word curse that's been spoken over our life. We come out of alignment with every word curse that we have spoken over our own life. In the name of Jesus, we cast down, we root up, and we pluck out. In the name of Jesus, we speak peace. We speak life. We speak longevity. We speak productivity. We speak prospering. We speak profitability. We speak fruitfulness in the name of Jesus, God. You commanded us to be fruitful and to multiply, God. You said be fruitful and to multiply, God. So everything that you place in our hands, God, every vision, every dream, every word that was spoken over us, God, every written word of God and every promise that belongs to us, God, we grab a hold to God. We latch a hold to that word, God, and we hide it in our heart that we might not sin against you, God. We shall be who you called us to be. We shall walk where you called us or We shall tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the fiery darts of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Nothing shall by any means hurt us as it is written in your word, God. So God, right now we say thank you, God. Right now, we put a praise on what you're already going to do, God. Right now, we come against the spirit of retaliation from the enemy. We come against the spirit, God, of ruthlessness that would try to come and pluck this word out as soon as we have, as soon as we have received it, God. That he would try to sow it among the thorns, God, and try to ch uh, choke it out of us, God, in the name of Jesus. We come against it in the name of Jesus, God. We get back on our watch, God, as watchmen, God, as intercessors, God, and we decree and declare what you have spoken only, God. God, we remove all distractions from our life. God, God, cut off the lying tongue, God, cut off the whispering ear, God, cut off that of the enemy that would try to lie to us and speak to us things that you did not say, God, that would try to sow seeds of discord, God, of discontentment, God, we come against it in the name of Jesus, God, we apply the blood of Jesus over the lives of these people, God, the blood of Jesus over your queens, God, over their children, over their families, as they travel, God, as they go about, God, we cover them, God, in the name of Jesus, we speak angels of provision to provide and to meet the needs of your people, God, God, we thank you, God, for this day, God. We thank you, God. We don't charge you foolishly, God. We praise you for everything, God, that you are doing in our life, God, and everything that you have done, God. And, God, we decree and declare that we will fulfill the purpose that you have placed on our life. We will fulfill every calling, every destiny will be realized, that it will be not nullified. It will not be void. You said your word cannot come out of your mouth and return to you void, but it must accomplish everything that you sent it out to do. So we thank you right now, God. We decree and declare that we will walk, God, as children of the Most High, God, that we will become everything that you've called us to be, that we will manifest, God, the very presence and the very glory of God in our life, God. And we thank you and we decree that it is done. And now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us to the only wise God, be both majesty, dominion, and power. We speak and declare our affirmation. We are healthy, we are whole, and we are healed. Favor follows us and finances flow freely to us. We don't know lack and we don't know debt. We only walk in abundance. We are above and not beneath always. We walk in peace, purpose, and prosperity, and it is so. And the queens of God said, in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Oh, queen, it's 639, honey. Who, who, who on the call till 7? Who on here till 730? Who? I love you guys. I'm praying for you. Walk in your power. Command your room. Decree and declare what God has already spoken over your life. Don't let the enemy come in and frustrate your purpose or snatch it out of you or pull it out of you. I decree and declare that you will have a blessed day no matter what happens. Thank you, my queen.
no matter what happens, good, bad, or indifferent. And we think that having a blessed day means don't nothing go wrong. Sometimes God will allow things to go wrong in order for you to manifest who he's called you to be. So walk in your power today. Command your room. Only speak what God says. Only speak the word about. Only speak positivity. Guard your thoughts. Guard your mind. Guard your heart. Guard your gates. Because the enemy's desire says that I desire to sift you as wheat. So everything that you have heard, everything that you have learned, his job is to come and root it out of you so you don't fulfill what he's called you to do, that you don't walk as a queen, that you don't walk who he's called you to be so he can discourage you he can try to speak things into your ears that it'll never happen you'll always be like this you'll always feel frustrated you'll never pursue your purpose but it is a lie so you have to come out of agreement with those lies and believe what God says about you believe that who you are because faith is the currency of the kingdom that is how things are activated you have to actually put your faith out there and believe it even when you don't see the manifestation of it so I love you I'm praying for you, walking your power today, command your room. The playback will be available um, in about five minutes. Make sure you're following the Queen Council Facebook page. Uh, that's where it will be posted at until we meet back here. If you have not gotten on the wait list for the next Queen Speaks session coming up, I think I'm going to call it Queen Speak Up. I don't know yet. I don't know. Y'all you know, you know, know I like to play with names. But if you have not gotten on the wait list, um, do that. Hi, good morning do that you can go to my link in my bio on instagram and just put your email address in that way you're notified and you're up to date on when i release it um we're going to start in december it might be early than that i know it's going to be the first week of december maybe the end of november actually but i'm giving queens time and letting them know that we're doing this like we are ready god has released me to do this again because of 